Hey, Brundle fans and Fooglies, just a quick editor's note before season three that we recorded the first five episodes of this season before we went on hiatus. So like this first episode, Eraserhead, the first five episodes were recorded in August and September of 2022. Is it wet? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Is It Wet? Season 3. This is David Lynch. It's August 10th, 2022. For people who don't know, David Lynch has a YouTube channel and he uploads like every day and that's how he (laughs) greets people. He goes, hello everyone, it's August whatever, 2022. And you're like, like... (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he like he still thinks we everybody like speaks in the cadence of and w- in like the style of like the transatlantic accent. Oh yeah, he yeah, just yes, he's like I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, this is is it what the podcast? Welcome to season two, three, baby. Ooh, the third, yeah, the third, three. the return, season the third. The return of the podcast. The return of the podcast. Much like uh, the protagonist of Eraserhead, sorry, babe, we can't have sex tonight. The lady in the radiator is going to turn my head into pencils if we do. I'm Sophie. (laughs) I'm Caitlin. And today, if that wasn't enough clues, I think like saying the name of the movie for our (laughs) eagle-eyed listeners... Uh, is a big clue. We're doing the 1977 surrealist horror film, an absence-only education uh, (laughs) video, Eraserhead, directed by uh, famous YouTuber David Lynch. Yeah, I think we we like to start and end the seasons with sort of touchstones of wetness Mm -hmm. and... It's, it, you know, we got we had to pick another body horror guy. We had to pick somebody that we have mentioned in different episodes, but we, we had to do a, a David Lynch. We and did, yeah. I'm so glad we picked Eraserhead because there is... It's there the is right choice. So I, I, it is rich. It is a rich text. It's a rich text. <laughs> it's very wet. I needed to be reminded that I'm on this podcast to have a bad time. Like, I'm yeah. not... I'm supposed to... Like, this podcast was devised by you and I as a form of punishment. <laughs> Torture, for, yeah. Uh, uh, for my crimes. Mm-hmm. And I got a little bit comfortable. The last few movies we did were super soothing. Uh, Alien, mm-hmm. delicious. Existence, so much fun. Oh, Ghost Ship? Oh, my ghost God. Ship, Art. a dream. Mm, a, a dream. Decadent. Uh, decadent. Cars? Almost. Cars. Almost torture. But... <laughs> yeah was saved by crash this was saved by crash and by just the sexual magnetism of doc hudson (laughs) when is the last time you cared about something except yourself hot rod you name me one time and i will take it all back Uh uh-huh i didn't think so yeah so welcome back to season three yeah, welcome back. Uh Sophie, what 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 was something wet you got into recently? So this will be in the past. So Yeah. We'll we'll probably talk about it when it happens, but we're we're pre-recording some episodes into season 3. So this is the mm-hmm. past. So so wet moment of my week is I finally um have been getting into right 
as it the finale comes out this week <laughs> um, better call Saul I'm almost done with season one I I was a huge Breaking Bad fan and I just never got into better call Saul because I was like I think I was just like ah oh, the desert yeah but I love it so far because it is great because it's Breaking Bad without Walt which is just very soothing. Um, yeah. There's still dramatic stuff that happens, but I, and I love Brian Cranston forever. But Walt is such uh, he's such a chaotic, messy bitch that it's right. just not <laughs> soothing to watch to rewatch Breaking Bad. And 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 I would say that I think Better Call Saul is wetter. I think it's whoa. Yeah, I think Breaking Bad's pretty dry. I think yeah, Walt's okay, journey's I can see dry. That. There's moments of wetness for sure, but Saul is a wet or Jimmy, I guess, uh, is a wet character. He is. You're right. Okay. I vaguely know of it. I, I saw the first few episodes of Better Call Saul and like and just love yeah. Bob Odenkirk's performance of it, but slimy, it's real slimy character. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sli- slimy even as he tries to do the right thing uh, in his own little mischievous way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Odenkirk's a wet little man. Mike Ermintrout, that's a wet guy. Every monologue Odenkirk he's given. Ermintrout? <laughs> like, you, what are we doing brundling it up in here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know Gus Spring's gonna come. We love, I love, I'm a big Gus girl um i i think i just am a fan of everything he does um so yeah i'm looking forward looking forward to it and always good to get into something right at the very end you know (laughs) yeah seriously uh yeah yeah i mean it's just good it just it's just good um but yeah i would say the wettest part so far is uh that just Jimmy lives, or who will become Saul. Mm-hmm. Not a spoiler. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's in the, it's no, in the it's name of the show. Not. It's why they made the show. It's, yeah, it's a prequel. Is that he li- He lives and works in the back of like a nail salon, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like very wet, and it's mm-hmm. just like the wettest bits of Albuquerque, and I and I appreciate it. And you know what? And let Bob Odenkirk. Let him like whatever accounts he wants on Instagram is what I will okay, say. Okay, you're going to need to explain <laughs> that for me and the listeners he, that don't know. This is tragic because <laughs> I don't want to spread this because like, I this okay. is a man's business, but okay. he may or may not have liked and disliked immediately a, uh-huh. an account devoted to the, a beautiful uh, pictures of, of women's feet. And that oh, okay, is, okay. as an adult, he he might not have known that those like the likes are public or follows are public. Mm-hmm. Um, that's none of our business. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants as and long is, as it's at cool, this chill point. Cool. Like, isn't that a pretty like basic? Kink? It's so not tame. Say, it's it's yeah, the it's t- the most part of the right. like the like mainstream it's like mainstream at this point it's very mainstream yeah um it's it's extremely mainstream there's scientific reasons i don't get it i hate feet if you show me your feet it's i think it's like cilantro honestly i think it's It's where like a lot of people like it but for some people and you can't help it it's something biological like you can't it doesn't my mouth right away it's right yeah i don't like it i don't but yeah uh, i would say i tend towards that yeah I'm not someone who's like, get them away from me. I can't stand. But 
which I've met people like that, yeah. but I'm definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to get into it. It's no one's business. It's fine. It's normal. fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. As long as you're, you're being chill about okay, it. Okay. But people called him out on it. Yeah. People, yeah. People much like this podcast uh, <laughs> told the public about it. And um, look, he honestly, it's the same as Dean Norris. Like the same thing happened like around when Breaking Bad became a okay. finale. Became a finale. <laughs> I mean, it did. <laughs> did become a finale. The Should I turn a fan on in here? Yeah, I've been able to take it out, so you can. So, uh, back when Breaking Bad finaled, um, mm-hmm. Dean Norris, who plays Hank Schrader, uh, ASAC Schrader, uh, he tweeted sex <laughs> gifts into Twitter, assuming he was looking at, he thought it was the search bar. Oh. And he left, he, to this day, that tweet is up there. And he was just like, haha, it, I'm sorry, I, I got confused. And I'm like, that is such, I respect that so much. And like, we're, we're, people are horny. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's dumb that we pretend. Like, we're not like there's places where you you can be totally open about that stuff. And then there's mm-hmm. other places that you can't. We pretend this is what Lynch is getting at. This is what Cronenberg is getting at. It's like, why do we repress it so much when everybody is thinking about it all right. the time? As, you know, as long as it's as long as it's not like, you know, uh, as long as it's all, all consensual, uh, yeah. fun and chill, you know, let let the and let in a, these in middle-aged a, men enjoy their feet and sex gifts. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's very honestly benign. It's like, benign sex come gifts. Come on, yeah. Like, it wasn't. It That's was just almost in general. like cute it's that he adorable. was looking at. Because like, there's videos on Twitter. He could have no looked videos. at. Video. No, he's like, I'm a gif is good enough for me. Yeah. That's all I need. It's honestly, yeah. it's adorable. Yeah. So. Wet show, wet dudes. Yeah, um, the wettest dudes around. Yeah. What about you, Kaylin? What was your wet moment of the week? So I went to a beach recently, and I decided to do a little beach reading. I hadn't Ooh. read stuff in a while, and so I <laughs> i don't know why I did this. This was – I don't recommend this. Okay. I, I got four of – the four books from a TikTok, like book talker, okay. that he he does like a lot of different things, but he has a series where he does like really fucked up books. I'm sure mm. you've seen him uh, come across oh, your page. Yeah, or, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and he'll be he'll do like three levels, like books that are like pretty fucked up, but right. like you can handle it. A second level, and then like books that l- destroy you, and like it's uh-huh. yeah, t- yeah, and. I didn't get any from that third category, um, which I thought was sa- playing it safe. Yeah. And I just <laughs> scared the shit out of myself. <laughs> they, he, he was right. Um, they were good recommendations for really fucked up books. Nice. I don't know why that was what I was like, oh, some beach reads on just vacation. That's what I need up. to do. Yeah. So I and two of them legitimately i like still don't feel okay i okay they they, re- they really messed me up i will mention them because they're some of the wettest books i've ever read in my life okay. um and i won't talk too much about the 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 two that really <laughs> fucked me okay. up i'll just mention them because they're it's like good writing and good storytelling and, right. and maybe it won't 
maybe it Caitlin don't is, is holding up a copy of Breaking Dawn by Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> yeah. You can't okay. see it. You think you know how the baby's going to be born. Nope. You think? I thought I was reading this to my 15-year-old cousins. And then I thought it, it was, you know, going to be a cut fade to black. Not safe. Nope. This was a, yeah, this was a, a Mormon woman, surely. Uh-huh. Um, but no, the most horrifying books book you've ever read. Uh, and so but I'm going to talk, I'll, I'll mention those at the at the end in case people want to check them out but i'm going to talk about one that didn't fuck me up this one i uh, is fine okay it's it's chill compared to the other ones i i read um it's called a touch of jen i'm showing sophie what it looks like by beth morgan and it's about it's it's really weird Uh i would say it's definitely surrealist which was a coincidence because i didn't even know we were going to watch eraser head when i read it um it's like vibes mostly and Ooh. it it so it starts pretty pretty typically pretty normally it's like a st- straight up like drama about a couple and th- it's just this couple and what they seem to have in common is that they're obsessed with this old coworker of one of the guys they worked at a restaurant together and her name is Jen mm. and they just like stalk her on all her social media and they have this narrative of how she fits into their lives and who she is now and what her life is like and she has become so much a part of their lives that like it is it is every aspect of their life they tailor their work schedules around when they can like jen's posts and like and like talk about jen together and she definitely is in their sex life a ton Um, and it gets weirder and weirder and then they run into jen in person and jen invites them on a surfing trip in the hamptons so it's like a little little surfer surfer story for a little bit a little point break um and it just like from there just it it's it's a really slow burn and you you kind of can't tell when the shift happens but it shifts into like surrealism and and horror and body horror and like cronenbergian scenes but it's like it's really slow and like i said it's hard to it's hard to tell when the shift happens which is why it's so unsettling and then it just like punches you in the face at the end big uh wild ending and then it's it's just really good and um it's like sci-fi a little bit but you it's hard to tell at first it's just this thing that like sneaks this slimy thing that sneaks up on you slowly and then attacks um which may or may not happen in the book um highly recommended love that very good uh the ladies at three at uh, Goodreads have given it a 3.38, which is a sweet spot. That uh, means Ooh. it was polarizing, uh, okay. which I love. Some people yeah, I really mean, loved it's, it, and then some people gave it It's some. like the movies we do on here uh-huh. where it's like really uncomfortable and you're not sure what to make of it, and it's yeah. like mostly metaphor and stuff, but yeah. it's like it gets under your skin and you don't forget it, and um, yeah, it's just – and it's re- really unique. It's a really unique story. Yeah, it's on, it's yeah. on my holds, my holds now on Libby. Okay, well, yeah. I can just give it to you. Oh, I okay. Have it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I've not been um, good. I'm still reading um, Tenders of Flesh. I'm halfway through, but I read like a chapter of it every like three weeks, and I'm like, no, yeah. that's good. It's not even that it's that bad. I'm just like <sighs> the vibe. Yeah, these the next the next two. Okay. I'll, I'll mention the other two because there there's really two of the wettest books i've ever read they're they're probably wetter even than a touch of jen okay but 
I just, I cannot in good faith recommend that you read them. Oh. Um, so one is Earthlings by Ooh. Sayaka Murata. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. And the other, <laughs> <laughs> the other one is called The, the Postmortal. By oh, God, Drew I gotta Maggery. read these Oh, now. my God. So, yeah, Earthlings is a, um, about some really fucked up stuff that happens to a family, um, in particular, these two cousins that really love each other. And a lot of stuff happens that's not their fault and is mm-hmm. really tragic. And it ends in the most bizarre, fucked up, w- wet way <laughs> I could never have guessed where this book was going, and it will not make you feel good. Okay. Uh, and then the, the postmortal simply is um, we develop a cure for aging. Oh. And all of all of the implications that that would have. It's what is scary about this book is how realistic it seems, and how it's it's just too close to home. Also, like if the pandemic and how mm-hmm. the world is going and all that is if you have still have anxiety over that don't read this book okay. i shouldn't have read this book should i should i listen <laughs> I to earthlings it. as an audiobook will that make it better Ooh, i don't <laughs> on my commute so. i'm I gonna play some holes i'm gonna do it i yeah <laughs> yeah um tread lightly it's got like an adorable like um mm-hmm. hedgehog on the cover i Nothing know bad cute. Could happen. the the hedgehog oh oh Ugh. yeah it's it's not cute and um but 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 beautiful writing in in all cute. these books really talented okay. um authors mm-hmm. and they moved me obviously you know yeah, with, with these pro- with these movies that we talk about reaction. too like they elicit yeah. big emotions but mm-hmm. like if you don't want to be freaked out just wait for a little bit to read okay. them um i read all of these back to back and just was like i couldn't even do the fourth one that i ordered because i was like i i'm <laughs> Like, I it's, will have a heart attack. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think putting yourself in that place on vacation uh, is really wet, honestly. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't expect anything different from you. Um, yeah. So really, uh, Eraserhead was a balm for me. <laughs> this, and I mean that. I, <laughs> I fucking, this was, this was hard to get through. Um, yeah. Caitlin... What is your relationship to the works of of David Lynch, the YouTuber and director? The famous YouTuber (laughs) and did a little bit of directing um, on the side. I I really love Twin Peaks. I've Uh seen the original series, not in its entirety. I peter out right right about the time that, when everybody like, else did yeah <laughs> when, does when they wrap when and they like canceled. wrap up the first arc yeah. um and uh i've seen that a couple times i love it i love how weird it is i love how you know it asks questions that aren't meant to be answered and yeah you're not gonna get an answer and i love the, the film style what they seem baby you don't need exactly. to yeah and uh, that's about it. I don't think I have, and I and I haven't watched the new the reboot yet. Mm-hmm. Not reboot, whatever the you third call season. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I need to do that. You and I both need to do that. But yeah. um, but yeah, I haven't seen anything else of his. I really should. What about you? Yeah, I in my early twenties got real into Twin Peaks. Uh, I actually like found out about it 
I remember I listened to like an NPR segment about it. Oh. Um, and uh, and they were like, it was so weird. Mm-hmm. And I must have like known about it from like I love the nineties, but damn good coffee and hot. Damn good cup of coffee. Damn fine cup of coffee. I think Twin Peaks brought back coffee and pie. Two more pieces of this incredible pie. It started a coffee and pie craze throughout the U.S. They got a cherry pie there. That'll kill you. After a while, you sort of watch and you go, what the f*** is this about? But people loved it because they thought it was real smart. Really, it was just confusing. That's but, what I was going to say. Yeah, I knew it from. but yeah. I don't think I did. I think I learned about it from NPR and they were like, it's yeah. what inspired Lost. And I was like, all right, you have me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love, love Twin Pinks. Twin. <laughs> Twin Pinks. Twin That's Pinks. the porn version of Twin it. Pinks. <laughs> Even though it's already a great name for a porn <laughs> name. It's already a boob joke. But you can't call it. You have to call it something different. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, Twin Peaks, uh, I love that it's just mostly vibes. Yeah. Uh, it really is like my type of vibes and my aesthetic. Um, I remember- And like, you can't overact too much. Oh, you can't. love it. The um, second episode where you get the first dream sequence in the Red Room, <laughs> I was like, Ugh. this is about to change my fucking life. I've never yeah. seen this in a show. Yeah. Since then, since like 2010 or whenever I watched it, 2009, um, there's been other surreal TV shows. Um, for I've watched um, Blue Velvet and it gave oh. me a really bad panic attack um <laughs> yeah i think that's what a lot of his movies do to people yeah that's this would have that's what the that's i'm what in a better place blue velvet like i thought it was gonna be like one of his tamer things i it just gave me and again i don't need i don't need What's to find that one meaning. about uh kyle just McLaughlin, roughly. uh has sex with isabella rossellini that's okay. what it's about but okay. she's in an abusive relationship I think that's – Laura Dern's in it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't watch it that closely because I was having a panic attack. Yeah. Again, I'm not <laughs> okay. saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's like the vibes – the vibes of this and that and Eraserhead are all off. I think I, – I, I had someone tell – my my one of my exes said uh-huh. that – and he watched a lot of fucked up stuff. He said that Mulholland Drive was the scariest thing he's ever seen in his I've life. I've been meaning to see it. Um, that yeah. was our second choice for this episode, and maybe yeah. we'll do it later in the season. Yeah, yeah. I think again. I don't think I don't need things to make sense. I like vibes. It just has to be mm-hmm. like vibes that I'm into. And yeah, a lot of surrealism. It's like there's a lot of surrealism that's like awesome, and the history of surrealism is really radical. Um, mm-hmm. and is about like disrupting meaning and order yeah. and um but some of it's like about having a bad time because yeah, i get that the it. universe and its absurdity is usually about having a bad time right but um yeah don't always love it i yeah, yeah. I, and it sounds like i mean in eraser head it, it you, you when describing the things that are happening it's it's you you don't you're not seeing things that happen in real life really it's like you you kind of they're are like that's, that's their dreams yeah yeah mm-hmm. but it sounds like blue velvet is more grounded in reality yeah and because of that we've talked about this that like it can be traumatic to view um to view things that like are in a different genre, but but like really, they're they're using the trappings mm-hmm. of like an abusive relationship. 
Or and it sounds like Blue Velvet is just no. It it's a great. Yeah. It's a great film. Um, and I'll check out the rest of him of his work. But um, he. It sounds like he makes a shit ton of short films. Like, yeah, just constantly popping them out. The thing about me is, the only thing I hate more than a a long film is a short film. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why they give me anxiety. A short, yeah. I, I get their purpose. I think there can be beautiful ones. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm like, honestly, show me the fucking Pixar movie. I swear to God. Yeah, I swear to yeah. God. I don't know why I have these preferences. I don't like a short. I also think like it's it's uh it's gonna. Again, like spike your emotions yes. really, and usually mm-hmm. like to pack a punch, a really like sad or scary emotion uh, in a really short amount of time, and then and then and then try to give you resolution. Yeah, and it's probably hard, which is why um, David Lynch is like really trying to trying to perfect it. Also, where do you watch them? Because I I Film have school. only ever encountered mm-hmm. them as like. Uh, you you buy a ticket at a theater and you see the films that are the short films that are nominated for Oscars. Right, right. You know, other than that, can you just like do streaming services have them? Like streaming services have them. Um, and I think there's like yeah, there's like collections or they're they're usually at film festivals. Um, okay, yeah, okay. So this movie, uh, <laughs> which I watched on the very um. <laughs> masculine leaning uh what the hbo max uh did you see the the powerpoint (laughs) this is gonna date this date this episode but uh discovery uh you know bought hbo max and are trying to yeah and it's all change it and then they had a powerpoint that was like (laughs) hbo max is like male skewed scripted lean in like you have to pay attention Appointment viewing, home of fandoms, whereas Discovery Plus is female skewed, unscripted, lean back, because women don't famously (laughs) don't. Is this real? This is real that they did, this PowerPoint they did about their merger. Comfort viewing, home of genre dumbs, which I don't know what genre dumbs are. Doesn't Discover. I couldn't tell you what Discovery Plus has, honestly. I think it's mostly. Like reality shows and travel, yeah. Mm, Okay, I'm interested. So I went on to the very male. uh, (laughs) Just feeling my masculine energy. Watching this on HBO Max, and it opens with. It's just upsetting to me that this opens with the Criterion Collection a logo. Not because I don't think it belongs in the Criterion Collection. It does, but because and I texted you this week. That logo is not at the beginning of the movie Crank. And I don't understand because Crank is such an audacious piece of of filmmaking. I know. I know. And and quite surreal. And surreal. Some aspects. Uh, Yeah. It's really... How does does the Criterion Collection get updated? Like, how do you add more? Can we... Yeah, can we nominate? Yeah, do you nominate things? Like, yeah. I would love to watch crank with david lynch i would love uh, to I see him be like chev chelios huh <laughs> what a guy he's really running around there isn't he <laughs> yeah. so you're so you go, you're angry i'm it angry, made you I'm angry yeah yeah seeing it because it's because it reminded you that it's not at the beginning of crank yeah it's not at the beginning of that's of un- crank. that's understandable that was my first note 
Okay, why my is, first note. Why is this logo here and not <laughs> at the beginning of the movie Crank? Fair question. Or it's Crank 2 High Voltage, which I've not seen, but I've heard is excellent. Ooh, okay. I, I yeah, I'd have to see. I, I can definitely endorse Crank, but uh, um, yeah. So, Caitlin, are your notes for this movie... Um, coherent? Coherent in any way? They, it devolves. Uh, they start out coherent, like, what am I looking at? A meatball in space? Um, and it's, I guess, a moon or a planet, but it's a meatball. It's, um, so, so mouth sperm falls out into a volcano puddle while a barnacle yes. man looks on. Yeah. Uh, that, that's all correct. That's all That's accurate. how this movie begins. Yes. That's what you yeah. see. It's up to yep. you all to interpret that. Yep. But that is what the visual medium of film shows us. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, it's tough to figure out what you're looking at. It's you you sort of get you get used to it mm-hmm. this this style of filmmaking and and what he shows you. You sort of come to accept it, but this is really jarring at the beginning. You're looking at a bunch of disparate images. I was like, okay, three figures. You identified them. Uh we got floating head guy. Floating head guy. We got we'll Barnacle now. Man inside the meatball, <laughs> um, presumably in the meatball, I think. Yeah. From, throughout the story, we come to understand that Barnacle Man is inside the meatball. And then there's like, space. there's like a- And there's a little sperm guy. Puddle, puddle that seems to be mm-hmm. in a crater. Yeah. Um, um, so we've got these three figures, sperm guy, Barnacle Man in the meatball, and floating head. And I'm like, do they, can they see each other? Are they aware of each other? Are they interacting? Mm-hmm. Seems like Barnacle Man is the one that, put the sperm guy that le- that released him he, yeah he like he like pulled the lever and the sperm like got released yeah had no did not try to try to assemble any meaning to this besides i i'm gonna make a wild <laughs> wild conjecture here as what i what could this possibly as be about? i have started what? to do <laughs> at the beginning of these the barnacle man represents the lost American potential of the automobile and its destructive <laughs> power on Okay, because everything. he's yeah. he's like pulling levers, it's mechanical at the yeah. end. He's like mm-hmm. it it's clear if yeah, it's again very clear. these movie famously David Lynch movies, you can decode them and then you're like you just have to find the little key and then and it, it all makes sense. It. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You you yeah. unlock a code, suddenly They're it not, all does all make it's sense. Not and he'll look at you dream. and be like, Yep, that's yep. what it's about. Yeah. You got it. Um <laughs> Yeah, he didn't base this just on like just wild dreams he had. Yeah, he, he yeah. He didn't was... say that he didn't know what this movie was about <laughs> until he read a random verse in the Bible, and then he was like, "Oh, that's what connects it." And then he forgot the verse. He was like, "It was from either the Old he or the New re- Testament." <laughs> that's all of them, buddy. That's <laughs> like, yeah, of course it's from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I, and man. and but but I think um, yeah, we are to understand your brain. Quickly puts together what we're looking at is insemination or conception sure, or sure. yeah 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 so spur little sperm guy lands in the puddle of black goo the camera goes up a dark tunnel goes up through a hole mm-hmm. um and then yeah is this our first black and white movie we've done 
Oh yeah. Okay. I would know if we had done another one. I um well except for ghost chip for a second, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Um, we actually, I don't, is there, I don't there's think There's not so. a black and white sequence in No, ship. there's probably, yeah. no, there's not. Yeah, this is the first one. I, and, oh, they're a little bit hard to watch. I I was like trying not to, I was like, I don't want to shit on it being in black and white because. That, oh, I will. Don't, okay. don't, don't bring that shit to my head. I know. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't like it. I, I don't know. like it. I don't like this. I knew this um, was in black and white and I was like, but I hear it's wet, so. Yeah, and it's it is it, it despite being in it's black so and white wet. these because a lot of what makes uh the movies really wet when these like body horror movies mm-hmm. um that have like mechanical prosthetic pieces uh that are like oozing and bleeding and stuff mm-hmm. the vivid colors that they choose make it so good so like yeah, Lynch is is like uh uh-uh, uh I'm delivering one of the wettest pieces of media you'll yeah. ever see, and it's just shades of gray, really, um, which is very impressive. Uh, very for, impressive and for a first film as well. Yes. Very. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. This is the uh, often cited as like one of the best directorial debuts, mm-hmm. and I think like love or hate this movie, I think it's a really impressive directorial it is, for debut. Sure. Yeah, so we got to talk about some of the things that make it so wet. This is, and this is something like if people have seen this movie, you know this. There is not one second of peace for your ears uh, (laughs) (laughs) as soon as this movie starts. And like uh, to the point that I was like, is there something wrong with the version I'm looking at? And then a quick, quick Wikipedia uh, search will tell you that. Wikipedia for Eraserhead (laughs) is amazing. It's one of the best times you can, as as bad a time you can have on the movie Eraserhead, the Wikipedia mm-hmm. entry, you can have a great time. Exactly. It makes evening. up for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it quickly, you know, told me that, no, no, this is this is what it's known for. Um, it is just constant, like annoying background like noise. noise. That yeah. often overpowers the rest of the sounds. It's, it's industrial noises, like steam pipes and s- steam whistles going off and public transportation rattling around and just like industrial noises weather noises what i love about it so he did he did say that uh growing up in philadelphia did profoundly mm-hmm. impact him but some people are just like interpret this as like yeah this is what philadelphia is like oh okay <laughs> They're like, they're like, they're like, there's a part of Philadelphia that's like this. And I'm like, cool, I'm great. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage at all uh, the city of brotherly love or, or, or shit talk it. I'm just saying that like, you got like, you got a real... You got your elevators are covered in barbecue sauce, and yeah. you need to get that cover checked up on, is what yeah. I'll say. Much yeah. like the spaceship and alien, a lot of this movie was covered in barbecue sauce, particularly the elevator. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, it's it's concerning. It's concerning, therefore, that a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, no, this is yeah, this is Philadelphia." <laughs> yeah, um, just cons- that's all we're saying is like and it's something to consider. Philadelphia just, just of the nineteen fifties. So yeah. Um, okay, so was this movie set in the fifties? That that is like asking if. <laughs> That is like asking if like it. the it Pope like it. watches Succession. <laughs> Even if he did, what what discourse could he add to it that wouldn't be boring? 
that's the best line of our podcast. I don't think that's true. For me, that's the best. That's the best thing you've ever said. Maybe, maybe his holiness would have, would be like, my favorite character is, uh, is Jerry. I'm really excited she's, for she's good the at Tom. the business. I'm excited for Tom's arc this this new season. Oh, who's got the power now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I wish we could know that answer. <laughs> the po- the Pope succession one, not um not whatever I asked about <laughs> Racerhead. No, does it take place? Sure. Yeah, they're dressed kind of nineteen fifties. Okay, it seems like it. Yeah, sure. and and just the conventions of like her her family and how everyone yeah. was dressed. Um, oh even yeah, though- people were weird. <laughs> if you had a little a little okay, let's get over it. There's the there's the baby in this that looks like. E.T. if you lubed him up. <laughs> okay. And we're going to okay. refer to him as wet E.T. E.T. Wet E.T. And if you... Uh, the one thing that I want to stress from this episode, <laughs> if you take nothing else away, if you haven't seen this fucking baby, you gotta see this thing. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing, like, in my head... Over and over, I just kept going. People gotta see this thing. <laughs> people, people, God, you gotta see this. Uh-huh. You gotta see this thing. It yeah. is, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this out of the way too, right off the bat. I loved it. I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's adorable. I thought it was the cutest thing in the world. I'm like, oh, this is. It was kind of cute. Is this the part of this movie that's like? I think it to- is what people find disturbing, <laughs> but it wasn't the most disturbing part for me. I loved every sound it made. I it loved was, when it was spitting up its food. I loved when... Did you when, like it when it was sick and covered I, in warts? Wow. Well, okay, I liked it a little bit less then. <laughs> yeah. That but was, the sounds that it was making, I loved its sick noises. Loved them. Did loved you them. like it when Adorable. it exploded into cream of wheat? Oh, that was fine. That was totally <laughs> fine. I loved that too. Also adorable. Loved it. Um, so I should mention, so... The physical effects of how they created the child are a this mystery. This is my favorite. This oh, is should my I, favorite should I save thing. this? No, why the, not? Uh, the projectionist who worked on the film's dailies was blindfolded <laughs> by David Lynch. This is from the Wikipedia. I can't, I can't recommend this Wikipedia yeah. enough. Yes. Um, Don't read those two books I talked about. <laughs> read this Wikipedia. Bring, bring this Wikipedia. Print it and bring it to the beach. Bring it to the beach with you. Beach reading. The yeah. projectionist who worked on the film <laughs> dailies was blindfolded by Lynch to avoid revealing the prop's nature, and he has refused to discuss the effects in subsequent interviews. The prop, which Nance, is Nance a person? I don't know. Uh, I forget. I think that was the actor actor. who played the main guy. Yeah. Nicknamed Spike. Yeah. Okay. Featured several working parts. Its neck, eyes, and mouth were capable of independent operation. That shows. Lynch has (laughs) offered cryptic comments. Shocking (laughs) for him. On the prop. At times stating that Quote, it was born nearby, or quote, maybe it was found. He's so silly. I love. I just, I just picture him being like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I found it. And they're like, <laughs> David, you didn't find. David, you didn't find this. Just tell us. And he's like, uh, maybe it was Weird. born like this. <laughs> no. 
It has been speculated by the Guardian's John Patterson. I hope brother to James Patterson, just to spice <laughs> up this Wikipedia page even more. Which we should like do a James Patterson book. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. I would. I. I. I don't think they're real. I think they. There's too many of them. I think they're props. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, John Patterson speculated it was constructed from a skinned rabbit or a lamb fetus. Definitely looks like a lamb fetus to me. Oh, spitting image. It's like, it's obvious, yeah. I think. It's like, okay, guy, you really, you know, pulled back the curtain on that. Uh, yeah, I, I think to that I say, sure. Sure. Like, I think. Like, even if. Even if it's a lamb fetus, you gotta see this. It's thing. a wet ET. <laughs> it, it was a wet ET thing. that you you brought up the point that Spielberg saw this film and he was like, "What if we made that little dude dry and into it and dry. really into product placement in mm-hmm. Reese's Reese's pieces?" Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, "If it, imagine how cute it was, all lubed up. How adorable in a racer head. We could really, yeah, just, just, uh, just beef jerky it up. Oh um, yeah, for sure. How his, how his eye sockets are gonna pop? Um, uh, yeah, adorable. So I like the little noises it makes. Oh, I loved every second of the baby. That yeah. It's, uh, to me, this movie is re- really hard to watch for a lot of different reasons." Namely, the black and white and that it's like the sounds, the industrial mm-hmm. uh, white noise constantly and sometimes really loud uh, throughout the entire thing. Every second of the baby, <laughs> adorable. Cutest thing I've ever seen. I said before we started recording, this is the first time I've ever felt a maternal instinct in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> Which and is I, not. I think it's the opposite a theme that I think the movie was trying to engender. Yeah, it's like the opposite theme. Yeah, but I was like, I get. I was like, why are they not stoked on this thing? It's fucking awesome yeah. and adorable. I love it. I love everything it's doing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, pretty early on, there's just like there's a there's some really. Uh, critically wet moments leading up to the arrival of the baby. There's which an is, elevator and, with barbecue sauce on it. <laughs> there's a barbecue sauced up elevator. <laughs> there's he. So he goes. The, who are we calling the guy? What's his he name? He has a name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, M- most of you'll find don't. that on the Racerheads Wikipedia page. His name is Henry Spencer. Henry Spencer. Okay, great. Uh, and he, so Henry gets invited to his uh, girlfriend that he's been seeing, but like the, it's pretty clear that like they haven't seen each other in a little while. Maybe something's going on between them. He goes over to her house. She lives with her parents for dinner. And this house, this parent's house is so critically wet. It is... And I like I can't I don't even know where to start. Do we start with like the dog? I'm pregnant- starting with the dog. Do- that was <laughs> my dogs. first critically wet moment. Is that yeah. there is a dog with a bunch of puppies and it's they like, yeah. are like ten puppies slurping and the slurping sounds are so loud are so overwhelming and like not what there it's like squeaking plastic on plastic it, which I dogs are not made of. It it was very. This I was like Robert Rodriguez went to the David Lynch school of sound mixing. He did. Because he did. it's it's Spy Kids level 
squeaking noises that are happening. Oh, yeah. The racer head influence on Spy Kids is very undeniable. undeniable. This whole fucking dinner's wet. Ugh. We, like, get a view of, like, the mother of his girlfriend (laughs) making the dinner. And she, like, go, there's, like, she gives it to the old grandmother, I guess. And Who she, doesn't, who's not at dinner. Who's not at dinner. Who's, and they she left her in the her, kitchen. Like, she manipulates her arms to toss Ugh. the salad. I don't know why I found Ugh. that so disturbing. I found it very disturbing. I was like, this is weird. The vibes are off at this family. The vibes are off it's, at this family. It's bad. There's, there's some, there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie uh, and the dialogue is not the wet part whatsoever, except for this one line. Yeah. Um, the dad, the dad has this little monologue where he's like, Printon's your business, huh? Could be because we're to understand that Henry is, a, a, is in the printing business. It, it, it does not factor does into not anything yeah. whatsoever. But he says, well, Printon's your business, huh? Huh, it's mine. 30 years. I've seen this neighborhood change from pastures to the hell home it is now. I put every damn pipe in this neighborhood. The people think pipes grow in their home, but they sure as hell don't. Look at my knee. Look at my knee. Like what? It's so wet all over the place. I don't make me think about pipes growing in a house. Like, oh, that's gross. Um, it's like the it's like the house's veins. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, I think you know him being a, a printer. You could say it's like his whole job is to, is is responding and and disseminating copies, uh, and that is a fertile process. And it it's but it's at the end of the day simulacrum of the original. Is that? Uh, That's H.R. just Giger. from my dome. Um, oh, okay. I thought maybe it was H.R. Giger, who is a, a big fan of David Lynch. Oh, yes. Let's talk about H.R. Giger has cited a ra- again. This is from the Racerhead Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, can't Shout out, enough. Really Swiss big artist H.R. Giger cited Eraserhead as one of the greatest films <laughs> I've ever seen and said it came closer to realizing his vision than even his own films, which I'm like, bro, what's your vision? What's going on at home? I know that's it's a cheap thing. But according to Giger, Lynch declined to collaborate with him on Dune. I assume Lynch's Dune, not Jodorowsky's Right. Dune. I guess our HR Giger was like, I just work on the Dune movies, <laughs> so you have to take me. I he, did because he felt Giger had stolen his ideas. And I'm like, what ideas? Did Lynch come up with a xenomorph? Uh, I mean or so, what do you so think? The baby, this means? Rese- the baby resembles a xenomorph a little bit, I think. Sure. Is um and and since Eraserhead came out in seventy seven <sighs> and and uh, Alien came out in 79. Right. Uh, that's that's what I think it could mean. I immediately was like, oh, it looks like the xenomorph and it looks like the little mouth guy inside or the xenomorph. Maybe I think maybe just it means like the, the general surrealism because they're both surreal artists. Yeah. Yeah. But odd that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know a ton about David Lynch. I. I really uh, applaud his the mystery around the baby. Like I, I yes. love that. Um, I love it's. I mean, as long as to it a wasn't certain like extent, a real living creature. 
Which it I know. I, th- I think some because there's so mis- so much mystery around it. And again, you gotta see this thing. <laughs> um, you gotta see this thing because there's so much mystery around it. I think there's like a theory out there that it it was like some creature that was alive. To me, I think it, it looks like really good. Whatever you call this, practical effects. Like it, it's just really, really fucking good. Yep. I think it's as good as anything that. Uh, Giger did in in Alien, and that Giger and and Ridley Scott did in Alien. It's it's at there. It's on par. What Eraserhead does is it it the baby features so heavily in it that you are constantly seeing this thing, and it never for one second doesn't look incredible. Yeah, and I mean this is like. A Disney World would wishes it could do animatronics like this. It's yeah, it, it's really. It's really incredible, and I think it's just really good. And so, because there's so much mystery around it, it's fun to mm-hmm. think that it might be. But you know, I think it probably, probably was just like a. I think it was just a little. Guy. I think it looked rabbity. It looked rabbity. Yeah, if I'm sure. if I'm being honest, yeah. <laughs> it was probably fucked up. However, they made it, but not as fucked up as using something living. Yeah. So yeah, they're having. A dinner, critically wet moment. He, they're having like little mini chickens. Which, first of all, good idea. I want, I love a mini chicken. Yeah, they're they're raving about these things. That's why it made me think it was the fifties because it seemed like something that would have been in vogue <laughs> in the fifties, and like people would be because they can't shut up about these tiny chickens. Like they're this tiny. family, it's all they're talking about. We've got chicken tonight. Strangest damn things. They're man-made. Little damn things, smaller than my fist, but they're new. And he cuts into the tiny chicken, and it oozes like blood or a substance. God, and and, and it moves. This is worse. This is harder to watch than the baby. Oh yeah, this was disgusting. It moves its little legs, and I'm like, oh god, okay, this is you know, this is a surreal student film. I get it. Um, while his mom makes like. Her mom makes like orgasm noises, yeah. which I yeah. later understand are her being upset. <laughs> but a real weird series of events. And I think it's like, yeah, because she goes from having an orgasm to like convulsing. Right. And then it gets concerning. And then she runs out of the room screaming and crying. And I think it's like, to me, it seems like a man saying like, the line between pleasure and 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 all these all the emotions that women have uh, is it's tough to tell and that the flip the switch flips so quickly and mm-hmm. I saw it as a, I don't know I yeah. don't maybe I'm maybe I'm reading too I much think, into it I saw it as a little I don't misogynistic think so. I think this movie yeah. was very was quite sexual um yeah you know where I'm getting this from in his book the monster <laughs> show a cultural history of horror. David J. Skull describes the film as depicting human reproduction as a des- desolate freak show, an occupation fit only for the damned. I just thought it was a fun li- line. Love it. I love it. Yeah. I think that's not all it was about. No. Um, nor no, it's, and I think it br- more broadly, more 
-hmm. more broadly, I would describe this movie's themes as being like about it seems like everything is and isn't sexual. And and that's really confusing and frustrating and uncomfortable. It makes people uncomfortable, awkward, confusing. And and yet people are turned on by myriad different things. And that should be okay. And we're encouraged to procreate, but we should be ashamed of sexual stuff. And it's like really confusing messages. Right. Um, and, and well, I and I really the horror to me like that really stuck with me and um, like so I was a little bit freaked out by the baby is just like the horror of I think parenthood of yeah. of being responsible for yes a life which again is a little fucked up because people have interpreted so I think again that Lynch does not make movies that are like one to one. And people right. like try to like psychoanalyze him to like mm-hmm. the same way they're like this is about living in Philadelphia, right? So uh, you know where you know where I'm getting this information from. <laughs> the number, but people one. have speculated Bible, as as his daughter because she was born um, with a birth defect that it was like about her, right? And right, and and you're right that like up. people people said that. Yeah, like he, people, ne- he he never, never was said like, that. I made that. Yeah, but, but people interpreted it that way. Yeah, and like, and and I think like I think she has said maybe it is about that. Yeah, but it's more it's it's more about the responsibility yes. of a life and yes. that uh, especially a an unexpected one. Mm-hmm. Um, th- it's very clear and and I love how things move so quickly and you you don't see the birth you don't see mm-hmm. like he's when he's told that that they are having a baby like it's already happened and and you gotta you don't see them get married you don't see them move in together they're just together and the baby's there mm-hmm. and you gotta see this thing yeah the mom's like did you have sexual intercourse because there's a baby at the hospital and then the baby's right. just like in the room. Yeah, and I was like, is this a hospital? <laughs> like, you can't, and, and, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's just about the the fear around that everything could change so yes. quickly. You don't know what's happening. The the part that, like, really got to me, um, I didn't find this movie very uh, scary. I don't know. It's supposed to be scary in, in different ways yeah. um, than, than other horror movies. But the part that did get to me was... She uh, can't take this, the noise, yes, uh, to which yes. I'm like, well, don't watch a David Lynch movie then. <laughs> um, if you can't hey, handle the noise. <laughs> hey, lady, don't do you live know in you're the David, David Lynch part Lynch of Philadelphia movie? if you can't handle the noise, <laughs> the industrial noise. And so she like leaves and, and leaves him to take care of the baby. And he is, it's not making as much noise as it was. So it's like gone a little quiet. So he takes its temperature. He's worried something is wrong and he looks and the temperature is fine and he walks away and turns around and for one second he turns back around and the baby is like violently ill it has sores all over it it is sneezing it can't breathe right making the most adorable noises in the world i love this thing (laughs) but he and he's like he literally says like oh you oh you are sick and it's the fears of like you don't know when your kid is sick. You over, you either underreact or way overreact. And it's like, why did you bring your kid in? Why did you think that? Yeah. It's tough to know when it's sick and when it's, it's not. It's definitely and- the horror of parenthood. Like the idea, the, the way parents describe, like, again, people who love their babies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who love their children. But those first few 
weeks, months Mm -hmm. of no sleep, of the baby just crying, crying, crying. And that's its only way of communicating. And that kind of like, and also a time of like, you you might also have postpartum depression. Like it can be yeah. a kind of like I've done horrifying I've done time. this I've done this on the podcast before, right? Where I have told you either imagine this or really do it. Spit in a cup. Um, have I have I done that? I've done that, right? Spit in a cup. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I haven't done this. No. Okay, I feel like I have. This is something that um w- one of my favorite college professors. I'll give her a shout out. Um, Anastasia Yolanowitz, uh from the University of Florida. She's incredible. Check out her work. And she she works in children's literature. And she so this is like something that I that she did in one, a class I took of hers. So I don't want to take credit for this. Okay. But I do spread it as far and wide as I can because it's one of the most interesting concepts I've ever come across. Um, okay. So she said, OK, uh, let some spit kind of like collect in your mouth so like do this and slosh the spit around and okay it's in there swallow it mm-hmm. you're fine with doing that right yeah you could you can do that now get get like a dixie cup or something um you don't have to do this but imagine doing it yeah. and spit into it and like swirl it around a little bit mm-hmm. and then drink that that's less appealing right like yeah. i i would be more grossed out to do that yeah and she said uh and this is this is childbirth this is motherhood <laughs> oh my god because when something is a part of you it is you you're fine with it and then it eggs it becomes not a part of you it's parted from your body it has been exposed to the elements it's no longer a part of your body suddenly we're not as comfortable with it. We are adverse to it somehow. And it's like mm. a little bit gross to us. And like, I uh, I have not experienced motherhood, but I can see how that's a good metaphor. Yeah. Um, and, and exercise. And I think that's what uh, Lynch is exploring in this 100% that like, you can love your baby so much, but it still like is this really odd process of you growing it inside of you and it being a part of you. And then, it can grow up, anything could happen to it and it yeah. could grow up and be anything and be influenced by anything. And like, that is terrifying. Terrifying. It's really terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a wet head and a farting mouth. Oh, yeah. And it's very penisy. It's um, very penisy. It, it'll, um, it'll look more and more like a penis. There's mm-hmm, sperm, yes. umbilical cords everywhere. There's so, if you love a little sperm guy, if you love, like, who's our, who's some of our favorite little sperm guys? There's probably some in, like, Schoolhouse Rock. There's, like, probably little sperm guys in Osmosis Jones. If you like little little sperm guys, you're going to love this movie. You're going to love this movie. so many little sperm Just, guys in this does his mother, after she's like shames him for having sexual intercourse, does she start kissing his neck? Yes. Okay. She cool. starts to like try cool. to make out with him. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense yeah. with the themes. And then mm-hmm. and then she's like, no. Then she's like, we gotta get married. Um, that's how it works. Um, that's how it works. And then you get to your apartment and you're there with your with your wife that doesn't that hates you. That hates and, you and hates the and baby. You're with your little ET baby. And you go downstairs to the lobby. You gotta check your mail, you know? <laughs> and what do you find in the mail? You find, I'm gonna describe what I think he found. Uh, and I'll see, you can, we'll compare notes. He finds a little B 
bean. <laughs> oh, this part I was just, I didn't take notes because I was like, this is none of my business. M- most of this movie is not none of my business. Oh, I thought this bean this bean was my business. <laughs> yeah. 100%. It was for so you. I was, I was like, I'm figuring this out. He gets a bean. It's not little. I said a little bean. He gets a pretty big size like lima bean. I well, I don't know what a lima bean looks like. He gets a big brown bean. Everything's black and white, so I <laughs> thought it was bean. like gonna. It was like a little fetus or something. Well, it is I... and it isn't. So he takes the bean and he like opens the bean because if you get a bean in your mailbox, you gotta open you it. Gotta it's open a letter. It. It's only polite. Yeah. So you, he opens the the bean pod and he pulls out like a little. It's a little sperm guy, but it's a bean. But it's like the center of the bean. Uh, but it's definitely a little sperm thing. And he's like, I know right where this goes. This goes in my little jewelry box thing that I have. And so I'm just going to close it in there. And and then it, it does come back. Um, I'm not sure if we'll even get to it. If we do, great. But uh, but that's the little mailbox bean that you got to deal with. Um, and it. we all know what that that symbolizes, you know, the uh, that symbolizes Really, yeah, hell yeah, little little bean. <laughs> it's all bean. reproduction, right? It symbolizes reproduction. His, yeah. his wife's like, I've had enough of this little baby making these adorable little noises. Um, I'm getting oh, out of here. She's trying to feed it, and it's spitting it out. And I'm like, this is adorable. <laughs> what are you talking? It's like, sign me up. <laughs> it's farting. It's, like, oh, it's, it's farting. It is farting the food everywhere but she yeah she can't take it so she's out um she's out she like grab this i just thought was like gonna be weird but she grabs a suitcase under the bed and like (laughs) rustles the bed for like i want to say three minutes of the film's runtime way too long and i was like oh it's kind of simulating like sex again with the bed and i was just like okay david lynch i get that you've heard of i think this movie is just him being like yeah, I've totally had sex. I've totally heard of sex. I know what it yeah. is. I know yeah. how it works. I know how babies are made. Um, we all know that. Yeah. Clearly. And we uh, believe Not you. to brag, but I know it. Um, yeah, he's like, I at one point was like, oh, okay, David Lynch, we get it that like it's annoying to to be around other humans. Like it's humans, uh, it's annoying to live with another person when she like comes back and she gets into bed and she's like wet and squeaking rubber like i don't i don't know I how she's making these a, noises the dream okay the part if you want me to to explain if there is a dream sequence in it when it begins and ends uh well i know what it it ends but i think that's a dream sequence oh part. okay all right or she yeah she is wet she is sticky she's and like she's clacking her teeth. clacking her teeth that was the most disturbing part because yeah. I grind my teeth at night, and that freaks me out. Yeah. And But clacking your teeth, ugh. I was like, I uh, know. It's like, it is annoying to have to deal with other people's little idiosyncrasies when you live with them. Um, we but get can we it. talk about how cute the little baby humidifier? Oh, for the I sick. loved it It was like, so I wanted. Much. It was like a little portable, yes. tiny humidifier. I was like, Le- how did he make one, that? Yeah. I, I know. That's what he should be doing. Said printing. He should be. It was like from he, if he Muji, invented that. It was great. Yeah. Oh, it, it does look like it's from Muji. Yeah. yeah. It's it is adorable. Um, and I guess it works because at some point the baby isn't quite isn't sick anymore. So sure. Um, I because mean, he that's all he say, did was yeah he he did the humidifier. That's the only thing he did to mitigate yeah 
the whatever he thought was wrong with it. But, you know, he's a single dad. He's doing the best he he's can. He's doing the best he can. So then we meet a character. My favorite character. Yeah, great <laughs> character. Great character. I loved her. Um, and, and she's the lady in the radiator. Lady is, in the radiator. Yeah. And I, I had seen... I, I've seen her, an image of her face before, and always been I see like, her every night, yeah, in my radiator. I always thought, like, I will I will understand the context of this no. what, if I see this movie. Nope. Um, so, yeah, he, ha- he has, like, daydreams, uh, real dreams, and they, fantasies, and the whole thing is David surreal. David Lynch but- loves putting a lady inside of, like, an object. Yeah. He loves yes. it. He loves True. it. So in this in this case, mm-hmm. it's his radiator that is ma- contributing to the constant industrial background noise, and he imagines that there's like a little theater, a little nightclub uh-huh. inside the radiator, and this happens like twice that he sees her in there, and this is the first time, and and she she looks great. The first time she just does like she just like walks back and forth across the stage. Second time she sings a little song. She's got uh, these both times, big paper mache cheeks. These big this is where I'm like the practical effects of the baby and other things in this movie looks so good. It's intentional that it looks silly and like right. it's paper mache in in this. And it, it's clearly intentional and I and I and I don't know what it means. It, but. Again, because we don't have that quote from the Bible that makes <laughs> this only- whole movie Makes sense. It's one of the quote. If any of our eagle-eyed listeners uh, know the Bible, it's from either the Old or the New Testament. Yeah, if so we narrowed it down for you. Can you please email us what you think? David Lynch doesn't remember what yeah. line of the Bible it is. Is there a random Bible verse generator because i'm gonna gets past genesis right so like it's gotta be in genesis (laughs) i'm gonna click on it and whatever it is is gonna be the thing no i bet it works i clicked on it it led me to the website of a mega church this is how they get you well Um, the algorithm's working i guess random bible verse daily verse all right i'm gonna click on it and this will be the one that explains eraser head do i want okay. to do it with an image i would say go for it but i'm not going to be privy to it what's the image it's it's i'll 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 send oh, this yeah. to you yeah send it to it me is, oh did we find it First i think try? i found it it's a little basic i think it's i think this one is but since sexual <laughs> immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. 1 yep. Corinthians 7-2. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. That's literally what this movie's about. Since it occurred, since the sexual immorality occurred, then you've got to get married. They didn't have sex in the confines of marriage. And so mm-hmm. this is what happened. I think if they showed this in health class, mm-hmm. I don't think kids would have sex. I think this would, they wouldn't. would make abstinence-only sex education work. 1,000%. And I well, think that's what this it. movie's about. I think it's oh, just yeah. a, a sex ed video. <laughs> let's try it. Let's. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, so we the found radiator. The Bible verse. It's, we found the Bible verse. It's 1 Corinthians. It has to be. That has to be it. Seven. Do you say 7-2? I don't know how. Seven uh, colon two. I don't know how. 
1 Corinthians 7, 2. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, because because usually there's not a number at the beginning. Yeah. The Corinthians were boring. They did. They were like, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just all about rules and stuff, probably. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and so David Lynch, but David Lynch gets it. And <laughs> so he's like... This is where you're going to, so we're with the radiator lady. This is where you're going to get a bunch of little sperm guys again. Again, if you, if you wet, like a little wet. sperm guy. She crushes oh, yeah. them oh, under her high heels and they yeah. squirt. They and, they, and what do they squirt? Because they're little sperm guys. They squirt. Wait, no. I don't know they what they say, squirt. Yeah, they, wait, I, no, I, I don't know what's happening cum. in this. I assumed it was cum, but they are the cum, right? They're like... They're like umbilical cord sperm. And yeah, they can spurt cum. I mean, Caitlin, I interpreted no it as cum. to this movie. There's, There's no, no rules, rules to this podcast either. You're right. It's You're right. freeform. It's surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably, you know, the blood of a of a of a baby of a goat yeah. fetus anyway. So um <sighs> or it's it was probably the blood of a Ridley Scott robot fetus. For sure. So which is hor- truly horrifying. Um, so he has a hot neighbor. Yeah. And they have And this s- symbolizes temptation. <laughs> this symbolizes having a hot neighbor. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And she's like, mm, she's I got like, locked out of my apartment. And and he's like, I got a horrifying little wet ET in my apartment. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, and I got a big hole filled with mud that we can fuck in. Oh, a misty little molten hole. So that Where was the- <sighs> I thought it was on the planet. They were having sex in the same Yeah, they went into his apartment and then it sort of goes into it's, a, yeah, fan- a fantasy. Like a yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they It's that- like on the planet. Um, yeah, the, that the re- represented like of the vagina, um, mm-hmm. but it was just a cute little moment. It's like a little sauna sort of spot. Yeah, and they or- both, and it's cool. They both just like because it's surreal and anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, they both just like slowly just go under the water and don't resurface. And that's how and, you have sex, kids. And that's how you have <laughs> sex. Isn't that horrifying? You got to pretty much drown in mud. You got to drown so in mud. Don't do it. And then you're gonna have a little wet et. You got to take care of. They get sick. Drop the hat. Get sick, mm-hmm. kids. And then the first time you go to change it, you're going to get a surprise, uh, which we'll get to. But yeah, so then, oh, then the bean comes back into play, uh, I think. This is when I started checking out. This is when I was like, well, because it was a little bit of like claymation here, and you don't yeah, typically go the for the claymation. Of this movie, I was like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, again, we're uh, we're all we're almost at the business. final at the at the Ugh. last dream dream sequence. We yeah. are almost there, yeah. and I can't wait. But right before that, he's it's like, oh, I knew I knew this bean was going to come back. Uh-huh. It's surely it's going to pay off. Chekhov's little bean, and he like he opens the thing, and the bean like gets up and like pretty much does a. We just talked about it in the last uh, at the. In the season finale, which is so long ago at so this many point, weeks ago, um, the bean gets up and it's like, "Hello, my baby. Hello, <laughs> my honey." But it pretty much it starts like flipping or like doing backflips yeah. and like, and this is a little claymation little bean thing that also is kind of spermy looking, and it like it's going in and out of 
craters in the floor. It's like bopping around, squeaking at the top of its lungs. It's, it is obnoxious. And then it like opens its uh, claymation mouth and like screams and the camera goes into it. And then, Ugh. oh, and then I think they fuck in the, on the, um, in the muddy crater. Yeah. And so we all know what happens next because the bean <laughs> clearly leads us there. Listen, there's a three-act structure. There's the hero's journey in every movie. This movie is not immune to, the, to it. No. After you have sex in a mud puddle on a planet mm-hmm. crater thing. Then you have a dream sequence about he's in the radiator again, right? He's in the radiator. I, mm-hmm. yeah. He's in the radiator sure. and he's like, he's like grabbing onto something. And he's like really going to town on whatever like bar he's grabbing. He's grabbing onto like a metal bar. And then what my notes say is uh, a big penis shoots through his neck. Yeah. Pops his head off, and then like a little version of the baby thing yeah. emerges from the neck hole and starts screaming. That was very alien to me. That yeah, hundred percent. Um, that was very HR Geeger. Yeah, um, yeah. That was. I was like, All right, yeah, I can see HR Geeger being like, I should have done that. <laughs> yes, yeah. oh, what I should have. Done. Oh, I, oh. Then, oh no. Um, and then. Poor Henry Spencer's head goes flying off to the streets of Philadelphia, and a mm-hmm. little just cracks a, a open. Little newsy, um, <laughs> yep, finds his head. Straight up, a little newsy runs it's like, up. It's like, hey, everybody, extra, extra. There's a, a guy's like caved in head. Um, brings it to. He's like, I know right what to do with this. Yeah. And it, and he br- of course brings it to the pencil factory, and they use his head to make pencils. Kids, if you have sex before you're married, your head's gonna end up in the pencil factory. I swear kids, to God, little children are gonna be using you in school, and they'll have no idea of the horrors of where that came from. Oh, oh, it's gonna man. make the best number two pencils, and and. and what I love is this is what the movie's based on. It's, <laughs> it's based on like, a, well, of course, the Bible verse that we found. Of course. Um, but first and foremost, he had a dream where this happened. Yeah. David Lynch had a dream where his head came off and a kid picked it up and took it to took it to a pencil factory and made it into pencils. What I love and is every time like, David Lynch has a dream, it's everybody's problem. <laughs> Yeah. If, once he has a dream, greenlit short film about it Oof. immediately. Uh, yeah. And so that, of course, represents. Uh, I was trying to figure it out. Like mm. now his he he feels like he messed up and is going to continue to mess up. And maybe now he can in this fantasy of his, mm-hmm. he will be able to correct other useful, people's mistakes. Useful. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, again, if we're reading this as a strict abstinence only sex <laughs> education video, yes, that would be Which a good interpretation. Should. Is yeah. that at least now his sinful ways uh have ended and he his he will commit himself instead to being a useful servant of industry and uh and of the lord yeah yeah as a pencil i think so um this one is thing a I catholic love, movie 
<laughs> very when we talk about if the pope is watching succession <laughs> you know he's also watching eraser head it's Loves on the it. same male focused channel yeah max yep that's in their powerpoint their discovery plus we're like we gotta buy the channel the pope watches <laughs> um, that's the most masculine thing we can think yeah. of um <laughs> and yeah i think uh what I love about this movie, I don't know if he does it in other movies, but what I love about this movie is so much of it is like, look at how silly and dumb hum- humans are and, mm-hmm. and, and our conventions and our and our ways we have to do things and the environments we find ourselves in. And something I didn't notice till like the end was that on his nightstand, and I think this is just such a good like, it's never referenced um, yeah. They don't call it out, but it's such good world building that on his nightstand is just a pile of dirt with a plant stuck in it. It's not in a pot because it's like we do that. Right. There's we just we, we just have dirt and plants and just we just put them places. <laughs> <laughs> There's something similar in Twin Peaks The Return because I've seen like half mm. of it. Um, again, okay. it's just because my Showtime trials keep running out oh well that's why i haven't watched it yeah it's on showtime um, i'll watch it when they merge it with discovery <laughs> <laughs> now because showtime is it's quite non-binary so i don't know how oh, they're gonna categorize right. it yeah mm-hmm. um i can't think of a showtime show but they've got many fine programs yeah um they're the home of combat sports Oh, that's oh, why I love it. Have you seen it. Dexter? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch. You gotta watch Dexter. Um, yeah. Oh, Californication? <laughs> no. I'd love to watch both of these things. Yeah. What about Shameless? That seems like a Shameless show. is a Showtime production. Okay. I haven't seen it, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The L word. Did you re- did you also um, when you were fifteen rent the L word from the library and have the librarian be like, "This is very good. You'll enjoy it." Oh no, I did not have that experience. It, it That's adorable, a, though. A, it wasn't a clue. I was like, "This. I just <laughs> like show. I just like uh, narratives." What about weeds? Weeds is that the showtime, you bet. Okay, I've seen a little bit of weeds one time when go. I stayed with my cousin for a summer because oh, she watched Penny Dreadful. Weeds. That's a that's a wet oh, show. Okay, I've seen the first season of that. Okay, oh yeah. I don't know how. Lord knows how. I yeah. might have. I might have. No, would I have gotten Netflix DVD physical DVDs of that? It's possible. No, I don't know. Did you know they made seven seasons of Ray Donovan? Ray Donovan wow. would be a good thing for you to put on, like, season three of every time uh, yes. your boyfriend comes home. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start doing that. Um, um, you got Donovan. I love, yeah, I love love that I'm just listing. <laughs> oh, did you, okay. Did you watch the Tudors as a teen? Because oh, I did. No, That's how I Because I didn't have show got my rocks off. Um, <laughs> I would have loved to watch it. No. You should definitely watch the Tudors. But it, Yeah. Uh, if my cousin wasn't watching it for that one summer oh, I stayed jackets. with her. Yeah, that's why I can't watch Yellow Jackets. Oh, you haven't seen Yellow Jackets? <laughs> no, I oh. haven't seen. I literally haven't seen anything from Showtime unless Try I watched it with my cousin. Why am I 
why am I promoting Showtime? Why did I call it non-binary? That's not... I don't know. I just thought it would be... It's genderless. It's a streaming service. I'm... Listen. You can watch Eraserhead on it. I'm not sure why we're talking about it. <laughs> I just wanted to prove. I don't know. So, yeah, then... Pretty much just one more thing happens. Yeah. Just super chill stuff happens. He just decides, he's like, listen, I don't think this baby's been changed a one time since since we brought it home. So got to change this thing. Got to change it. That's your interpretation? (laughs) My interpretation was like, I got to see what this thing is. Oh, see, uh, okay. He want he was he uh, basically my point is he was like, oh, this thing has been wrapped up. It's been swaddled yeah. for a while. Let's take the wrapping off of yeah. it. Yes, but um, he cuts the swat. The do you cut it off? Uh, so no, but it also I think it like blurred the I line between that. swaddle and like a bandage because it's yeah. obviously like it's like sick and raw and like. And and it was very premature. We know yeah. that they say that at the beginning. So something about that made like it, it wasn't quite a swaddle. And he, I think he realized. Well, I don't know. What I, we can't know anything about the character's motivations. I don't feel comfortable. No. Uh, all I saw with my eyes was he was like, oh, I think this. Uh, I could remove this pretty easily with scissors. So he cut <laughs> scissors. Yeah. And um. And he cuts it off and. Surprise, surprise. Describe to me what you saw. So, okay. uh, What I wrote down was he cuts the baby's wrapping off and uh, the wrapping was holding everything together because now it's... A la like a green ribbon. Uh, On a beautiful lady's neck. On a beautiful lady's neck who gets on your bus every day um, and who you have a crush on. That's part of your version of the green ribbon. Yeah, where she gets on the bus and the guy is There's like... There's a bus romance? Mine was it well, takes place in the like, Victorian age. Oh, I thought they were like teenagers. Oh, I thought they, they like get married. I think there's... I, it's an urban legend. There's probably many, many versions. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But so he cuts off the wrapping and the wrapping was holding everything together because it doesn't have skin and it's just like cracked wide open. You see all of its insides. They're spilling out. They're exploding blood. He like, he, he gets freaked out and like jabs the scissors into one of its like lungs or with one of its it organs. It looks like the inside of an oyster. Yeah. And then yeah. it, and then and it just goops everywhere. And, that's and it's not all blood. Yeah. That's me, that's <laughs> me being, that's bit me being, a lady and and not yeah. really yeah yeah and then i wrote down and then it starts foaming like an elementary school volcano experiment it does. and it looks like cream <laughs> of wheat and i was just like yes. gross yeah yeah but, and that's disgusting. why i won't have sex outside of marriage and that's why you shouldn't kids ever you should never um, outside of your fan- dreaming, outside of dreams, don't have sex. Yeah, even in dreams, save though, it for you're gonna, you're gonna, your head is might get turned into a, a series of pencils. Oh yeah, and then and 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 that's uh, that's really it. That's it. There's like another shot of the main guy. There's like a very famous shot of him. He's got this crazy hair. He's got this wild hair that stands up. Um, very famous imagery, and. It's just like all the pe- eraser shavings, mm-hmm. 
that got blown in front of uh, a light earlier in the movie like that is all surrounding him and swirling and he's freaked out and then it just it just ends and then credits credit credits baby and then i'm like yeah it's terrifying it's It's like a lot of responsibility anything could happen anything could Uh, happen you you think you're doing the right thing and it it it's bleeding everywhere and yeah uh so the meme of that people often people often take this and like turn it into a meme is that in an interview in 2007, he said, believe it or not, Eraserhead is my most spiritual film. And then the interviewer was like, oh, yeah. elaborate on that. And he, w- he was like, no, which yeah. is classic. Yeah. I see. Yeah, for sure. It's spiritual um, in that this is a Catholic film. In that it's very, <laughs> and that the Pope loves it. It's- about about why you shouldn't have sex before marriage. Yeah, about the virtues of abstinence, and the Pope endorses it. That's why it's a very I spiritual love how we film. Taking one of the most, uh, uh, most vaguely interpreted movies imaginable, and we're just like, yeah, this is this is propaganda for the Catholic Church. Oh yeah, I mean, he pretty much said as much. He said. He said. Uh, it the film came together when he opened a Bible, read one verse from it, and shut it. Yeah, yeah, and we know. And he should really specify which book he doesn't remember. He could not remember <laughs> if the verses from the Old Testament or the New. That Testament. would narrow. That would narrow things down a little. But um, it's no. one of the two. He was inspired by. Franz Kafka's *The Metamorphosis*. I see mm-hmm. that for sure. That's a yeah. That's a real like. Oh, brother. Gotta deal with this existential horror. Right. As well as Nikolai Gogol's The Nose, which okay, I, I don't know I'm not one. familiar with. Um, it's probably just like a guy's nose turns it, uh, into a big beetle one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, he, it's about a man who wakes up one morning without his nose. That's less oh. horrifying. He finds out his nose has developed a life of its own. Ooh, interesting. Ooh. And has apparently surpassed him by attaining the rank, rank of state counselor. I love this. Okay, Gogol yes. is a fun guy. Oh, Famously. incredible. We gotta check that out. Yeah. I recommend, not even having read that yet, I recommend that over those last two books I met, <laughs> I, I talked about at the beginning. I'll see. I'll see if it's on, um, on at my library. Okay. Libby. Um, yeah, the ba- the baby prop, it's great. Keep the mystery. But oh, what I what I keep meaning to say is like, uh, I think David Lynch, like other directors we have talked about on this podcast, you can definitely refer to him as an auteur and someone who has a lot of control over his projects, so much so that he will blindfold people who view the the you know baby prop um so they don't know how it quite worked i love that and i th- and i want to see more of that more of that and mm-hmm. less of like exposing your actors to like really awful shit and yeah. making them do shit over and over that might be really traumatic like just like do fun things like Add blindfold your cast so they don't know blindfold the crew so they don't know the comings and goings of things how everything works exactly do that that's fun i like that it's don't like a magician tell- Although they do this, they do have fake names for movies. Don't tell anyone. Give everyone a different copy of the script. Oh, that's, yes. That's like, like obviously they do that anyway. A differently with different things written in. Yes. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> or yeah. make everyone share the same script. Maybe these are these would be Ooh. nightmare things to do. But if you're going to be not tour, just be like weird and not abusive. Yes, yeah. just and not be annoying. like yeah. Pull things that you're like, is this a prank or not? Like, do that yes. instead of um, yeah, don't just like things that would physically injure people. people do and, something like, 172 takes of. If they don't make people do things that they're afraid of, too. yeah. Um, you know, like if anything, he was shielding this. Uh, what was it? A uh, not a cameraman. Um, the dailies guy. Uh, the guy who viewed the dailies. Yeah, he, he was shielding he was... that guy from horrors rather than... Because what if it was something really fucked up he was using? It's true. He wasn't, I'm uh, sure. The projectionist. Yeah, the projectionist. He was sparing him horrors instead of exposing him to them, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I love the... I wouldn't... Exp- I he Every time David Lynch does something, it, he behaves exactly how a surrealist filmmaker should. Like... You know, don't why ask him questions at all? Like, if you've seen his films, you know that he's not going to answer them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just he's not like, just be like, hey, d- hey, bro, I liked the vibes in your Catholic movie. I'm I'm not going to interpret them besides I'm not going to I get it that I shouldn't have sex before marriage. Um <laughs> And I think he'd be I like, I get it that you yeah. want this to be used in health curricu- curriculums <laughs> um, in yeah. middle schools. We get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a very informative yeah. tale. So, oh, oh, Sophie, your head just popped off and a little a little guy's crawling up through the neck hole. Oh, who's that? Is that Keanu? <gasps> you are making the cutest noises I have ever heard in my life, buddy. You don't, you don't have any holes? Nope. Um, holes. holes. I mean, I feel like we say this with a <laughs> lot of our movies, but this is a man who's obsessed with holes. Yeah, and for sure. There's not a lot of this movie that wasn't a hole. Yeah. Um, the baby doesn't have features so much as it has just it has holes. holes. It's just like shiny. Everything's holes. a hole, a dick, a sperm, or an umbilical cord. Yep. Everything. We got neck holes. Holes in planets, little sperm guys coming out of holes. Mm-hmm. And then also, of course, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the whole of unknowable, endless panic that is parenthood. Yes, absolutely. And your life if you have sex before marriage. Yeah. This bit's probably wearing thin on people. <laughs> we're almost done. We're almost done. <laughs> yeah, we're I'm thin. kidding. I yeah. If that fuck isn't clear, as much as you want. If that isn't clear, we do not endorse abstinence-based uh, sexual education. Yeah, we endorse we endorse whatever is going on in Eraserhead. <laughs> we endorse whatever Bob Odenkirk, uh, whoever he follows on Instagram, we endorse yes. it. Yes, yes. Whatever uh, Dean Norris is is searching on Twitter. It's fine. Yep. All right. So, Sophie, I'm going to need you to deliver, like like a severed head to a pencil factory, I need you to deliver this uh, verdict. Wow. How wet is the movie Eraserhead? Well, I wanted to uh, switch things up and also, also uh, deliver something in a style similar to you uh, mm-hmm. because this is a... 
both a very Christian film and <laughs> and very cheeky. Uh, this is based off of the the folk song uh, "Plastic Jesus" by uh, I think made popular by Tia Blake. But obviously, there's different versions of "Plastic Jesus" um, that aren't the folk song. All right, <clears throat> gotta get in the right. Got this. You got this. All right. I don't care if it rains or oozes, long as I got wetty tea covered in bruises. Crying my apartment, it's so bizarre. Going 90, it ain't scary, cause my chicken bleeds like Carrie. Crying in my apartment, it's so bizarre. I'm in the radiator sinning, he's all swaddled and sniffling. Crying in my apartment, it's bizarre. This film don't tell you crying in my apartment. It's so bizarre. Yes, that's gonna be so good. Yep. Chris is gonna. You're, you did. You did it perfectly. Right. Oh, I love it. I I am so happy to have inspired such mm-hmm. a magnum. Opus I had to. I was already right singing that song before the the movie, mm. and it just came to me. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. It's exactly how what this movie is. And the Pope mm-hmm. would agree. Pope endorses it. Uh, just like Eraserhead. Yeah. So, Caitlin, how wet is the movie uh, Eraserhead? So, so wild that you you did that because <laughs> I it's so weird. I I couldn't come up with one. And I simply I wrote what can only be described as a verdict in, in your style. Okay. Um, because I couldn't. This, Eraserhead. It, it is so wet and it cannot be described its wetness cannot be described in any other way than this is as wet as general grievous <laughs> lubing up et so he can fit through a rusty steam whistle in the bathroom from saw while dr seuss's the sneeches look on in horror <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense it All, makes the first sense. part yeah. first part very straightforward and the sneeches are there they're you know of course the symbol for procreation and and multiplying and um and just just looking just looking on in horror their bodies are are modded out yeah it's clear very clear i love it love it did something new for season three whether we'll keep it up uh depends yeah, we're gonna see how it goes. Yeah, see where the we'll see, see how it goes. See where the radiator takes us. <laughs> <laughs> the radiator lady takes us. This episode is brought to you by on the next season of Succession. Uh, yeah, your your holiness. It's um uh totally fucking awesome that you're here on with the Roy family with us. Like, thank you so much. Yeah, dude, it's like the fucking Pope. He's here and he wants to be part of our family, dude. It's fucking fucked up, right? Right, Dad? Right? Your holiness. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm Logan Roy and I, I'm going to fucking bite your ear off. Oh, this family is so weird. Next season on Succession.